sneaking along last is that mean machine with those double-dealing do-batters, Dick Dastardly and his sidekick, Muttley. Hey, buddy, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 74 of NASCAR Radio, where trading cards and racing meet. Got a big show, big show for you today. I'm your pal Val, and with me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well, as always, Val. How are you? Doing great. And the man, the myth, the legend, Hall of Famer, King NASCAR, Logan. Wacky. Uh, we're going to talk about the F1 race in Saudi Arabia. And then we're going to talk about some promotional sets that Max and some of the other trading card companies put out here years ago that are quite interesting. But let's get into it. We, um, oh man, where to start? The Saudi Arabia Grand Prix. That was race number 21 of 22. That was December 5th at Saudi Arabia. That was a mess, and Lewis Hamilton won that race. Uh, there was a lot of, I guess I'll say, controversy, a lot of the stewards being involved, a lot of head shaking. I think it was two red flags. I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh, Logan, you have an idea where to start with that thing? <laughs> I have no idea where to start with that race. That was the, I thought NASCAR's had some crazy races over the years, but this this race beat all of them and then when you have these stewards that have to rule on everything and all these gentlemanly rules like dueling or whatever that they've got it i just think it's crazy it's it's so different than nascar you know in fact i I think i heard something about the formula one stewards have now told alabama football they've got to give georgia back the number one spot (laughs) yeah maybe they're overstepping their power with that one but you know this kind of reminded me of uh you know it's a generally sport i guess as opposed to nascar maybe a little more um rough and tough or whatever but my daughter's she takes competition dance and when you know they're up there it's all kind of subjective to the the judges, you know, there's no hard points, you know, like a, a baseball, football, whatever, you know, it's a goal, it's a point, it's whatever, it's, you know, but in F1, it's, you know, did somebody force somebody, you know, over, over in, in off track and whatever, and the deem the penalty, or you need to give, uh, you know, position back and all this other stuff. So, you know, if you didn't see that race, which I'm sure, um, most of you did, uh, you know, they had two spots there where uh, Max Verstappen had to give back the lead as well as being penalti- penalized by time. And then there's the whole qualifying. I didn't even, you know, I forgot about that, that, you know, Max had gotten a penalty, he had to go back four or five spots because he didn't fail to yield in that double yellow. Uh, but that happened to Lewis Hamilton and he doesn't get any penalty. They decided the steward. So, but you know, and I think somebody called it last week that we were going to end up all tie and the, the two of them are going to be running for the championship. You know, at least I guess with NASCAR, they have four running for the championship at that last race, as opposed to these two. So I think everybody wanted the, the hype and, you know, it's a must see race. I don't know what else to, to say about it, but it's, they wanted all the drama. They definitely got it for this last race. 
Yeah, this was reminiscent of the championship race where Jimmy Johnson won his seventh championship where he wasn't a factor all day. And they NASCAR threw a late bogus caution and uh, ended up with Joey Logano and Carl Edwards, you know, taking each other out pretty much and Jimmy taking the lead and winning his championship. It's the same kind of thing to me almost. It seems like, you know, in my opinion, it's like they almost want, the, you know, Lewis Hamilton, who's their golden boy, to, to win. I, that's just, it just seems to me that way. I, it just because, you know, they've got Max Verstappen giving him back the lead twice and then penalizing him. I mean, gosh, that was just, just, it just boggles my mind. It's just so crazy. You know, the Mercedes team, these last, I guess, last three weeks, you know, Max been, I don't say running away with it, but, you know, he had a say pretty sizable lead, but he had double digit lead on Lewis Hamilton and then, you know, slowly eating it away through penalties or having, like I said, the failed to yield uh, to the yellow in qualifying. And, you know, here we are, the, you know, with one race, race to go and it's tie. So, I guess you couldn't have, if you were to script to this, you, you know, was it the fact is stranger than fiction. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, you say scripted. I mean, it almost has, it almost seems scripted to me, you know, at some point, it's just, that's just the perception I get from it. It just, it's just crazy. So, (laughs) you know, you know, think about it. So Lewis, I'd say Lewis Hamilton has all the breaks, but Max, it seems like he can't do anything right these last few races or anything to try to get that advantage or even get ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So, you know, can he persevere through this and Red Bull and, and stay focused to compete to, you know, in this last race, as opposed to Mercedes, which we talked about having, um, you know, something up their sleeve. And I, I think even if without all that shenanigans, I, Mercedes still probably had the, the faster car, but you know we'll, we'll see with this this next race. So yeah, and you, you, of course in Formula One you can't block, you know, unlike NASCAR, you know. But we we all know Brad Keselowski doesn't like blocking; he just knocks people out of the way. But and I can't blame him for that. But um, you know, it, it was another, you know, Hamilton Verstappen one two, and I guess you might have noticed. For those of you who have watched uh, on the podium, uh, you know, Max got up there and got his trophy and then he just like freaking left. And I think I kind of know why, because, uh, you know, NASCAR radio has exclusive audio of what what uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton was saying to Max Verstappen right before they went up on the podium. So here, give a listen to this. <laughs> one thing i have to say is so the the one uh section of the race i think it was lap 35 you know they were racing and they kind of crisscross or touched whatever and so max had to had to go off the track came back on had the advantage so then max had to give the spot back max slows down lewis slows down behind him which i don't understand and then there's plenty of room for Lewis to go around. He doesn't. 
And I think Max finally at that point hit his brakes and then, you know, they touched and they crashed. So not only does Max have the position back, but then he gets penalized by time. And then he gets penalized again for the break. So you say break checked him or whatever. But so I guess the thing is, if anybody needs, if you ever have to take a position back, don't take it back <laughs> and just slow down when they slow down. It's just, I don't necessarily know if I have even, you know, uh, I, who I pull for or whatever, but it just kind of, it just rubs me the wrong way. Or maybe they, the problem is the communication between the teams, because it seemed like Max knew he needed to slow down, but Lewis didn't know he he was going to give him that position, but I don't know why Lewis would have slowed down because he's doing everything he could to pass him. So, yeah. Anyway, they, they, probably... they, they they played audio on that and showed the audio the audio from both of those cars, from Verstappen's car and from Hamilton's car, and they both were gearing down. You hear him going, vroom, 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 vroom. and I, I don't know what happened. I mean. So, so I don't know, does Max need to like pull over and get out and like wave him by or something? Yeah, I mean, give him a little wave. Yeah, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't know if we talk about Lewis Hamilton's cards or not, but uh, we've talked about him here the last few weeks, and I have a feeling we might be talking about him next week too, but we'll see uh, if the racing gods uh, would shine on Max or Lewis Hamilton next week so but uh i guess the key points for loose hamilton seems to be the 2020 chrome tops is uh the one that everybody seems to be going after or consider his legitimate uh rookie card so uh and again i know speculators in there if that eighth championship's already baked in his cards or you know or if it's to be seen um what's the right word that you know, future championships as well. Uh, that so, I don't know if there's if there's room for speculation on those or not. Or if he wins the eighth championship, how many more collectors come in to the hobby looking for Lewis Hamilton rookie? So, hey Jason, do you think that uh, if if Lewis Hamilton wins his eighth championship, that he's going to get a bump in pricing? That's a tough one because I think eighth is almost like too many. I don't know if that makes sense. If it was like three, four, five, I feel like, yeah. But eighth almost seems like people might be bored. Almost like it's kind of expected and that bump has already happened. Uh, Now, you guys would have a better answer, but reference Jimmy Johnson. How did that go? Oh, everybody hated him. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's not what we're talking about, but... (laughs) But what I'm saying is that I think, Jason, what you're saying is there's a point where you win and you're competitive and there are other people winning. So you have that um, competition between them. But then there's another one that's like so dominant of the sport that that it almost gets to be, I guess, assumed and and boring, like you were saying. And there are people are on to, you know, something else. So, you know, this whole thing with Max, I think is reminds me maybe of Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon. Right. So the two of them going back and forth uh, as opposed to no, Jimmy didn't have anybody like that. So Jeff Gordon had Earnhardt and, and Earnhardt had Gordon and they fed off each other and, and they both propelled themselves in popularity as opposed to Jimmy Johnson, who he didn't really have that other 
uh, antagonist or whatever, they were just so dominant with what five championships in a row. So um, I feel like when it's expected, it's not exciting, and that takes away the bump. And I guess one example that just came to my mind was Tom Brady. When Brady was winning with the Patriots, everybody expected it. When he left to go to Tampa Bay, all of a sudden there was a bump and it was, okay, let's see what happens. And it was almost like he started over, even though he didn't. But now that he's in Tampa Bay and they won, it's like, you know, oh shit, here we go again. Same old Tom. But I think once he changed teams, it was okay. Let's see what happens, and there was a little bit, ex- a little bit more excitement. So, it th- I think outside factors play into that. Well, also Mercedes is so dominant and has been dominant. So, you know, they think of that can maybe derail it or somewhat is and help it is this competition with the Red Bull Racing Honda team that they've come on and. <laughs> You know, if Lewis does end up winning, you know, Max has got him on the ropes, which no one's had him on the ropes before. I don't know if they've ever gone into this last race tied for points. So So I'm looking at the list of championship winners. Yep. And when you, you know, when you're talking about eighth, this is unfamiliar territory for me. So I wasn't sure how often it had been. But since 2014, he's not been the champion one time. So that also goes into the kind of like what you said when it's back and forth with Earnhardt and Gordon. This guy's winning every year, (laughs) like literally every year. So that also kind of hurts him, I think. But it seems like, you know, when you're getting collecting wise, it's Max and and, uh, Lewis Hamilton. And then it's a sharp drop off for the rest of them in pricing anyway right now. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, I mean, except for you know some of the the, the lower numbered you know cards, you know the, the cards out of five, cards out of one, you know the one of one still of the other drivers still sell pretty good. But but just the regular cards, you're right. It, it's Verstappen and Hamilton, and that's it. Do you think with because we all know how NASCAR is? There's a handful of releases, and it's the same with F1. Do you think? that helps maintain his pricing where it's not football and there's 74 products or, you know, whatever the huge (laughs) number is like, do you think that helps or do you think it hurts because they're limited? I think it definitely helps because you, when you, it's like what you said, we have 74 football releases every year. I mean, first of all, it makes it hard to, you can't collect everything. There's just no way. But, but, yeah, I think it. I think it definitely helps. I mean, it, it gives you, it, it creates less cards when you think about it of that particular driver or player, and you know it's gonna. I think it's gonna help keep prices. You know, at a, I won't say these prices are reasonable, but it'll keep them level, I guess. Uh, unlike you know some other sports. I mean, because it's like, all right, if you have a rookie coming out in football this year and he's got there's he's got seventy four different rookie cards. Which one's his real rookie card, or does he have a real rookie card? Or, you know, it's it's hard it's hard to say. I mean, they, they, I know the collectors figure all that crap out, but uh, at least with NASCAR and, and Formula One, uh, I think it's it's a little bit easier. It, I just hope that Tops doesn't flood the market this next coming year because they've had all the success this year. 
I would agree. That would be smart for them. Because I think they're doing a Chrome, and now they're going to do a base. Yep, I saw that. And then we have the stickers and the max attacks. I know, and then we have the dynasty, but that's in a whole nother stratosphere. Oh God, yeah. I think you have to have a base product, a Don Ross, a flagship, you know, something in that five dollars or less per pack. I think you have to have that if you want to get anybody into collecting that genre, whether it's a sport or wrestling or whatever you want to call it. But you got to have some some sort of entry point that's really low like that. Well, I mean, you try to get into Chrome from last year, and we're talking two thousand dollars a wax box, um, not a case, but a wax box, and then you know, this I think is a two hundred card set. So, you know, th those prices escalated quickly. So, if you're not sitting on, you know, a wax box or something that you bought for a hundred dollars or whatever, you know, it's to go back now. You need a few grand to try to make a set out of packs. There's no factory set, so. So yeah, and even the you know the stuff for next year I think is not cheap. I don't remember off the top of my head. We'll definitely talk about that when they get a little bit closer to releasing. But uh, I don't think you know it's at the NASCAR pricing at one hundred and twenty dollars a box. So no. But uh, moving on, so we talked about Lewis Hamilton. There's about five hundred thirty-two trading cards for uh, twenty twenty for him. The standings, as we said, are even. And then the next uh, third driver, Valtteri Bottas, is 152 points behind. Oh, he, he can catch up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even with Turbo could he catch up. <laughs> Not even with the DRS system. Uh, 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 and so the next race, last race, race 22 of 22 is the Dubai Grand Prix. Now it's going to be Sunday, December 12th, 12, 12 at 8 a.m. It's 55 laps on a 5.28 kilometer track at... It's the Yasmara circuit on Yaz Island. That's interesting. Yep, all the marbles. So yeah, I, I think whoever's going, whoever gets the pole, is going to win the championship. Okay, that's what I think. Whoever has the pole in this race is going to win the championship because whoever starts on the pole is going to win. So. You know, looking, Max has got nine wins over the 21 races. Lewis Hamilton has eight wins over the 21 races. Max has won, had nine poles. Lewis has five poles. Lewis Hamilton has led, I guess it's less than 50-something laps than, or has 50-something more than Lewis, than Max Van Stappen. So, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's uh, laps. No. Uh, Max Van Stappen has led 651 to Lewis Hamilton's 246. I was way off. Wow, I had no idea he he has been so dominant in leading laps. But but you know what he's had. I, I don't you know since we haven't been fo following this and talking about it all year. I wonder how many times this year he's had to give the lead back. <laughs> <laughs> I know at least twice. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Yeah, I'd never seen that before. I I, I had. And, to, and then to be not to beat a dead horse here, but not only to, to give it back twice, but then penalize the five seconds and then 
having to go to the principal's office and get another 10 seconds on there. So, yeah. And, and I think, I think uh, Mutley was also in the, the principal's office too. Yeah, I don't know. It's that thing, you know, like uh, who's, who's behind the mask. Right. So we'll see now. Um, you know, this is our first F paying attention to the F1 championship. So next week uh, we'll do recap. We'll see uh, who wins. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be Lewis Hamilton. I think um, uh, uh, I just I think they're going to they're going to make sure it happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing like 95 percent chance it's going to be Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think circumstances will play out in such a way that uh, he's going to win. And he's going to take the championship. That was just, I don't know how to thing here that uh, even if Max won, the <laughs> stewards will take the championship away from him. Yeah, <laughs> probably. They'll, they'll penalize him five seconds and Lewis Hamilton will be four seconds behind him or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. We we're going to talk about promotional sets. Some of these little sets that were either giveaway with purchase or I guess I had to redeem. Yeah, I came up with a few different sets that I remember over the years. And I guess some have been successes and some have been failures. And I guess you can define failure, you know, or success different ways. But uh, the, the one that comes to mind, and I think they just stopped printing cards, is the 1992 Food Line Richard Petty set. <laughs> I forgot about that set. <laughs> I tried to forget about that set. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, Jason even has some of these. These are, and I think actually, if you thought about it, it's a great promotion. And I wish Panini could do something like this. But at each track, uh, they had packs of cards and it went to a complete set. I think it was because uh, this was Richard Petty's last year and it's kind of commemorate that in his gracing career and that each track had, I don't know, I guess it was pro set or it was a max. And it wasn't either one. It wasn't, mm -hmm. no. mm -hmm. but I just know they produced so much of it. And they the only way to get these cars, I guess we're at the track. No, no. Maybe. Okay. And I know Food Line had a factory set, and I think that was either sold to employees or employees had the option to purchase that. And that there is a, out of this whole thing, a hologram card that is extremely rare uh, that still commands, I guess, some money. But No, they were available at Food Line grocery stores, and they issued, they had a, a new set or whatever you want to call it new pack every week during the during the race year and you would collect all those different packs and get your set okay so i'm looking on ebay and obviously we know they're cheaper i mean they're you know lots a whole set of 29 packs is like seven dollars plus shipping but i'm zooming in on the front and it looks like they were made by MPA Promotions. Okay. I'm not familiar with them, but... I'm not either. I think it was just a little bit overproduced. 
But it's right in that wheelhouse, I guess, of of overproduction. Oh yeah, I mean, I've seen eBay auctions where people have pallets of of uh, boxes for sale. Now, now, Logan, you collect at the time. Was there a demand for that set, or is there just no demand? Well, I mean, there was a demand, but I don't think anybody realized that they were doing the same thing that they were doing to like '92 Donruss baseball cards, where they were making a ton of them because. There's no food line grocery stores anywhere close to me. I mean, the closest ones would be in Nashville. And, you know, whenever I'd go to Nashville, I'd try to get some, you know, and you know, a lot of times you'd see that the, they would just have them uh, sitting there like at the end of the, the um, you know, where you put the groceries out at the very end where the bags are and stuff. They'd be sitting there. You could just get some packs. They, you know, they didn't, at that point, they just didn't care. Uh, but, you know, I had no idea till the promotion was over that they had made so many of those because I wanted those things pretty badly. You because know, I'm a Richard Petty fan anyway. Right. So, you know, I, I, and I wanted those, and and like I said, I wanted them in the worst way. But now they're so plentiful. It's like what Jason said: you can get the whole set for seven bucks plus shipping now. Now, and this is the reason everybody or people listen to the podcast so one of the nuggets that i know is that there is a white factory box and it's got a a band on it and those were sold to employees now supposedly the literature i read is that those have the holograms in them uh they're also i guess random in the packs as well and i guess they're very far and few between but uh, I've only seen one of the factory sets for sale, and this was probably years ago, but I uh, I did not purchase it and I didn't confirm that with the hologram in it. But I think the hologram at the time was, you know, 30, 50 bucks. What yeah, do you mean a white band? Or excuse me, a white box with a band. What's the band? So the band is like a strap. Okay. Um, it's hard to... <sighs> I know when I see it, but it's hard. To, so it's a plastic band that's like heat shrink wrapped around it. Gotcha, gotcha. That kind of has it keep keep the box kind of sealed or whatever you'd have to remove. And it's a white box with the blue Food Line logo on it. Gotcha. So I want to do some math here. So looking on eBay, and there are, and I've seen these before today, but people said they came four boxes to a case and the four boxes were the same. So like the one I'm looking at is the Atlanta. Um, it's like an orangish color it says Atlanta, Georgia, November. There are 96 packs per box. So wow. 96 times four is 384. And to purchase this is just under, just over forty dollars. So, forty five by three ninety four comes out to about ten cents a pack. I mean, that's how how cheap they are now. Yeah, I've got an unopened box from every race. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Sitting sitting over in the other room here, and they're just collecting dust right now. All those things. You it's know, a I pretty thought... cool thing to look at, though, because each one has a different cover, different color. Like, that would be a pretty nice collection that somebody could display cheap. And the cards in the set, right? There's old images of Richard Petty through, yeah, throughout definitely. the years. 
Yeah, there, there's one card of him riding a bicycle, an old Schwinn bicycle. I, I actually had took that card and got it graded because he's on a bike. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you're a bike guy. Some of the other ones, and you guys can chime in if you have some other ones, but the uh, one I think people would like is the 1992-1993 Max Texaco Davy Allison set. Those actually had autographs inserted into the packs. The 1992, you really can't tell um, a hand sign from like a pack certifieds, but the 1993, they actually changed the position of his name on the card for the one card that actually are pack certified, and the name is lower on the card than uh, the unsigned version. So, you know, the, somebody can get the other version hand signed. But if you see that, that uh, Davy Allison with the name on the lower of it than the two, then uh, that's a pack certified. I don't know what the insertion rate was, but, um, and I think he passed away in 1993 later in that season. Yeah. So those are hard to get. Yeah, those are yeah. Um, I'll give you my you know usual eBay update. Those, if you buy the smaller lots, it's about a dollar a pack. Which, considering what we're talking about for the sport and the era, that's pretty amazing to me. Um, but actually, there's one person that has 500 packs for a hundred dollars shipped. So it's, oh wow, you can get some cheap ones, but if you're getting a small lot, they're about a dollar a pack. Uh, one of the other, go ahead. I was gonna tell you one of the very first ones I remember. And it's not even NASCAR; it's IndyCar. Is the 1986 Bosch IndyCar set that I think I think what the deal was is you bought some spark plugs and you got this little uh, cello pack, kind of like the, the way they did Max 88 Max uh, that had the eight card set in it, and uh, those cards, those cards are notorious for being off center. Um, but I remember, I remember getting those. I remember distinctly being at a uh, St. Louis card show back in the day, and some guy came up to our table where where, where we were, and um, he had a, a just a like a little grocery bag, and he had these cards in there. And he was trying to shop them around. And he came to our table, and of course, I looked at him. I had never seen him before, and I said, uh, "I don't know. I'll give you, I'll give you two dollars a piece for him." And he said, "Yeah, I'll take him." It was like eight sets or something like that. And uh, you know, little did I know at the time that they were kind of rare. But I had no idea. Yeah, those are tough, and, yeah, it, I mean, and the centering is yeah is notoriously. There's not a lot of border on that card, so uh, if they're off center, you you notice it pretty bad. Yeah, but that, like I said, that was one of the first ones. That's at 1986. So that, that was kind of early on in the, you know, the more modern racing card game. And then one that I've been looking for, and Logan, I know you have, I can't find, is the Gillette Young Guns. 2008, Press Pass. Yeah. yeah the, I'm trying to find but, a set so I can get an autograph, but I can't even find one card. Yeah, yeah, that's a six card set. It had it had the you know back then they had this promotion called the Gillette Young Guns, and it had Clint Boyer, uh, Kurt Busch, Carl Edwards, Denny Hamlin, 
Casey Kane and Ryan Newman in there. And you got one card when you bought, they were inside the pack of the Fusion razor, Razors. And on the back of the cards, they had little codes that you could you know, go online and enter the code and you could win a trip to a driving school or something like that. Uh, but yeah, those things are hard to find. I mean, can you imagine the guys that bought those razors? They, they saw that card in there and they went, ah, screw this. And they just threw it away. They didn't care. So those things are tough. They're very tough. The 1999 Kodak Whisk Richard Petty motion card. Yeah, I like those. But you know, you know the thing about those cards is, is those things were literally in the in the powder detergent. <laughs> so, so there there could be some condition issues. I mean, yeah, they had them in a cello pack, or a little cellophane wrap. But I mean, even when you take them out of the wrap, that that detergent is still on there. And even if you try to wipe it off, it's still kind of yeah. It's it has that weird feel to it, and it has that of course that detergent smell. But those are cool cars because they had like the old some of the old Richard Petty cars and things on it. I like those. So it doubles as an air freshener. It does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one that I kind of ran across and not knowing what it was probably until too late with the 2013 Lowe's Cobalt. Uh, it's the number 48 Jimmy Johnson team that came in a has a lot of cards in the pack, but it's basically the whole crew. Chad Canals, uh, Jimmy Johnson. I think there's some inserts too in that, but uh, I've only seen like I think it was one wax box, and I think you find some singles and some team sets, whatever. But that was one like kind of under the radar, and it wasn't produced by Press Pass. It was produced by some third party. I don't know if uh, Cobalt and Lowe's actually had that printed by somebody. And I can give you some information. I was a vendor in Lowe's in 2013. Never heard of this. Like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Because I had, I guess it was 2014, 2015. I had seen it and then kind of found the printer. And I guess they printed some other stuff. But, you know, they were out of stock of, of that item. And so you could find some, you know, remnants of who made it and, and that kind of stuff, but you know, never saw it at Lowe's. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Made. I don't remember, you know, a stand up, a sign. I don't remember anything. Uh, but I did find there's a pack on eBay for 12 bucks. That's all I saw. Yeah. There's a lot of cars in that pack. I think it only took like one or two packs to make the set, but what I thought was really cool is that it's got the crew guys on it. And if you look at the back or whatever, it's got some of their social media uh, contact information and stuff. So I thought it was, is it was a good concept. And, um, I think I've got some of the cards, somebody, um, I think from the nuts side had sent me a few, but uh, I don't have a complete set, but like I said, it was, it was cool. And I thought at least I mentioned it for everybody. Yeah. Um, another, another set that I like is, uh, the 2003 Nilla wafers team Nabisco set. And it pretty much centers around Dale Jr. I think Michael Waltrip's in there and some others. It's only a four-card set, but they're also like a little bit bigger cards, and they're they're that lenticular 3D motion kind of thing cards, kind of like the Richard Petty cards you were talking about from Wiz. Mm -hmm. And what was cool about them too is they had like a little window 
on the box of, of the Nilla wafers, a clear window, and you could see the card you were going to get. So that was that was kind of cool. So I like those. I thought those were pretty neat. They're like I said, they're oversized. They weren't made by any of the big manufacturers. I don't know who made them. Well, I'm another food issue and kind of oversized is the 1992 Slim Jim Bobby Labonte set. And it's actually got an autograph in there. And that autograph, that card, I guess, is folded. So when you open it up, it's um, whatever it is, a four by five or whatever it is. And he's he signed that inner of it. Yeah, I... <laughs> I actually had one of those and had no idea that I had it until like maybe a year ago when I was just, I don't know what you may have mentioned it to me or something, Val, that you, you talked about that. And I said, well, I went, I'm going to go look at the set I got. And I went and looked and I had the whole thing and I opened up the thing. And sure enough, um, there was the Bobby Labonte autograph in there. I couldn't believe it. It's like I, all these years, I never knew that that was even like that. So I did look. There is one on eBay. I don't know how long it'll last. I think it was like 30 bucks for the whole complete set with the auto. And he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is a Hall of Famer. He went in with the class of Joe Gibbs. <laughs> I'm not afraid of Joe Gibbs, Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte. Yeah, that was, that was a Joe Gibbs year for sure. <laughs> Uh, some others on my list are the 1994 Max, the Select 25. That's that blue, um, I don't know if it's chrome or whatever it was. I just, there's something about that. I, I think I like that. It comes packaged in a clear cellophane as a whole set. How How was it uh, distributed or was it a giveaway? Was it a... I think that was through Max. Max and through the Max Facts or the Max Club membership, I think I'm not sure how else it was um, sold. And oh. we've talked about the uh, 91 92 Max McDonald's racing before on the show. And if you yep. needed something to drink with your Neil Wafers and Slim Jims, we got the 92 93 Pro Set Maxwell House. Yeah, those that's a 30 card set that do you know how those things were distributed? At least in the beginning. Mm -mm. Remember, they used to have those filter packs where it was just a little like a I don't know what you'd call it, like a little powder puff thing, wherever you threw it in, the, in your coffee maker. It already had a filter built into the coffee, was in the filter. You just threw it in your coffee maker and made your coffee. I, you know, I guess back then that was a big deal, but it was in those filter packs boxes so when you bought a pack of the filter packs you got a got that that set of cards in there so okay. that, that's how th those things were distributed and um they also had a deal where you could mail in two two proofs of purchase i think and five bucks and, and get a set as well so okay. anyway that was, was kind of crazy and if, you know, you didn't want to have uh, coffee, you can have the 2001 NASCAR Gatorade Front Runners Award set. And that was a, I think that was a nine-card cellophane set. I think um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is in there, and I think Jeff Gordon, uh, and, you know, like a wax box, I got 40-something packs of those nine cards. Didn't they have those I, at, like, Circle K? I think so, yes. If I remember correctly, I think that's where they came from. Um, 
another weird kind of set is the 2002 Upper Deck Twizzlers set of 10 cards. But only two of those are NASCAR cards. The rest of them are different sports. Uh, cards 9 and 10 are Kevin Harvick. And those things were actually in the packs of Twizzlers. And you could turn over the backside of the, the Twizzlers package and you could see what card you were going to get. So I remember doing that. I didn't care about, you know, they had like Mia Hamm and no more Garcia, Garcia Parra and uh, like Don, Jonathan, Donathan, God, McNabb, <laughs> Donovan McNabb. I'll get it right here in a minute. Uh, and uh, Alonzo Morning, I think, was also the other ones. And they had two cards of each each person. So that was that was kind of cool to get them. Of course, you can pick those up for, for little or nothing now. Yeah, I wish they would bring some of those back for racing, but... So what do you guys think was the most recent release like that, where it was a promotion tied into a product? I know we have the 2013 Lowe's, but is that the most recent one? Hmm. Because obviously we've had them for other sports. We did the Uts baseball and... I feel like there was something else, but you know, for for NASCAR, what what are we thinking? Oh gosh, I, it seems to me like there's been something, but golly, it, I can't. It, it's not coming to me right now. From Press Pass, not from Panini, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Panini's done any kind of promotional cards for anybody. Well, I'll say they did the, and you we we mentioned the other day the Fox announces set, but no. that was kind of. I was kind of on a slide, and that wasn't that was a promotional, but that was like a grassroots promotion. And also, not product 20- related either. Was that not really a product tie-in? Right, and then another one that Panini did was the Prism, the 2016 Prism, and it's like a five by seven. It's larger than a normal card of Bobby Allison. And they gave those away at the NASCAR Hall of Fame when they did. Uh, so real quick, uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame, they have Glory Road where they have <clears throat> the different cars from the different generations uh, go starting from Gen 1 all the way up the road. And every three years they or five years, they cycle those cards. And one time they cycled them and they brought in Bobby Allison's Coca-Cola car. And that's where the crew, the crew hat was dressed up in the Coca-Cola logo uh, jump stuff. So Panini had given NASCAR Hall of Fame large cards and it looked exactly like the 2016 Prism Bobby Allison card, but it was larger. And uh, I was there for that. And so they had given those away. Yeah, you're right. Those, those are all the one-offs. Yeah, I, as far as trying to you know have like a national promotion or a regional promotion, I don't think Panini's really done anything mm-hmm. yet. I would like I would love to see that. I I miss those days of having all these little small sets and you know being able to buy a specific product and get cards. Um, I always thought that was pretty neat. You know, of course I grew up in the in the air with a lot of regional sets and things like that. So those things really appeal to me. So and I, you know, and I guess it's not necessarily on Panini. It's on 
one of the, whoever is the doing the product right because they would contact because when i worked at lance i thought about uh when the 100th anniversary of lance happened to you know have baseball cards or something on the boxes of the home packs or whatever but um you know that's something that's gonna have to be generated from the actual product or whatever and then contact panini because they have all the licensing and printing of the cards or whatever and partner partner with them so um i guess we need some kind of southern or whatever uh company to partner with panini and produce some cards now there was a a company that i worked with in pittsburgh uh when i was in college and they were a marketing firm and the process that i remember and i'm sure it differs you know with connections and stuff but basically the company of let's say the food like lance or ritz or you know whatever would you know go to the marketing firm who do you have contacts with that would make sense for our product and then kind of the back and forth of do you want to do this how much money what's the timeline and like making all the logistics work but it always seemed like it was the product looking for the people instead of vice versa yeah I, I would agree with that i was gonna say with cards the way they are right now if that would be something that we would see more of but you know during the pandemic the oots you know didn't happen i was looking forward to that because it would have been like the third year in a row but i don't haven't really seen anything have you seen it for anything for the other sports basketball or football or mm -mm. so the closest i've seen was at comic-con i think it was the new york one like a month or two ago they gave away a nine card sheet of aew cards to where they were perforated that you could you know tear them apart if you wanted to but that's the closest that i can think of since the uts and that's not really a product tie-in but it was at least upper deck making an attempt with a new license that they have well jason i got i got a question for you you know given the way that collectors collect now and that collecting habits and you know people are more player oriented and things like that do you think that because of the the collecting focus on like i said individual cards people don't care about sets as much these days you think that has any effect on why some of these companies are not getting card, you know, card sets produced as promotional items? I think it has to do more so. I don't think you're wrong, but I think it has to do more so with the price point of the typical product in the hobby. I don't think your typical price point is that you know dollar pack anymore. It's the twenty dollar pack or you know whatever whatever you want to say, but it's definitely a higher price point to where it feels like it's such a gamble or a gambler's paradise versus what it used to be, which is what you said, more set-based, team-based. Because now look at how many guys just throw base cards away. And yep. I don't remember that happening when I was a kid mm -hmm. at all. And it's that thing of, does it really matter? And I, like, we're my family we're big toy collectors as well and we kind of pay attention to the cereal and the promotions and my wife is like me we like that stuff like we've bought cereal that we've never eaten in our lives 
just to like, hey, let's see what this is like or, you know, what this toy is or whatever. But I, across the board, we don't see it like we used to. And then with cards, I remember every year Post. Post came out and Hostess and Craft. Craft had stuff for years. And I just, it's not the same, not the same customer that it used to be. So when you're yeah. saying that the only thing that popped in my head that's that's still going on, I think, and it's been going on for years, but it's in Canada with the is it Hortons? You're right. It's Tim Hortons. They've been doing that for I want to say five seven years, and it seems like it's really successful. Yeah, I remember. Well, when you say about Denny's, used to have it back in the oh, early nineties. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. So, you know, I. I don't know if it's uh, what the secret is with Tim Hortons and Upper Deck, but uh, and I, I guess it's like finding that right sponsor. I mean, I remember, and this one would be good, M&M's. Um, so I worked at Winn-Dixie for a little bit, and you know, you'd had a, a tray of, I guess it was maybe six packs, bags of M&M's, and on the, underneath that tray, or in between the M&M bags and the the box that it was in was a card and it was a two person card without any, I guess without team logos. If I remember, I had like Cal Ripken and, and whoever, but to do that, you know, with, uh, Kyle Bush, that'd make perfect sense, uh, to, with M&Ms, but. Well, especially if you would put it in the, the boxes, don't put it in the bags. Put it in the boxes that are in the candy aisle, not the cash wrap. Right. Or... So when I say the box, it's like the, we call Atlanta like the home pack where okay. you have the eight eight packs of Lance crackers in that box and you'd have right. like two Toast G and two Banner Lunch or whatever or, or Knee Cots. Or, uh, and so it was in a the bags of M&Ms were in a box like that and then between the bottom of the box and the bags was this uh you know two card perforated um like it's five by seven type card so yeah you know something like that i think would be pretty cool now there are two others that i remembered um i think 2014 tops did one with walmart with their market side pizzas like those pizzas that you can grab by the deli that are pre-made, but they need cooked. They had yes. that that for one year in 2014. And then Tops did a promotion with New Era and Lids to where if you bought, I want to say it was like $30 in hats, or if you bought one hat maybe that was the on-field at Lids, you got a pack of tops cards and there was a nine card set. Um, I think they did that a couple years in a row, but changed the format each year. Like it wasn't the same, but those also had some relics that were pretty rare. Like if you got a relic, um, it was like a one of one or numbered to 99 or less. Like they weren't, they're, they're still hard to find which they were easy to see. And I know a lot of store managers, I'm sure, took them for themselves. But uh, those are other ones that I remember. But, yeah, all the ones that we're talking about, 
the ones that we're missing are racing. And it seems like that fan base is probably the most loyal. Those are the ones I feel like we should be having more of. Well, I agree, Jason, because, you know, they did a survey years ago that, that the NASCAR fans are, are, are the most loyal fan base to products. You know, if you're if your driver is a drives is sponsored by Tide, I mean, people are going to buy Tide. They're not going to buy, you know, Cheer or you know whoever else. Uh, so you know, there is a brand loyalty there for NASCAR fans, and and I don't see why a, a lot of these companies are not capitalizing on that with trading cards. Yeah, to to back up your point, I was a Lids store manager for a few years, and when Junior switched to National Guard and Mountain Dew. Every year we would get a handful of pit row hats, like the on-field hats for NASCAR. We would get random drivers, and they would never sell. They would always go to clearance. The year that Junior switched, I've never sold so many NASCAR hats in my life because it was people getting the new products. And I, I don't know if brands, companies don't understand that, like that there's that loyalty even in a regional release, which I love because then it's limited. Yep. I totally agree. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of products I buy strictly because they sponsor NASCAR teams because I want them to keep on sponsoring NASCAR teams. So I'm loyal to those guys for that. And I appreciate what they do. Yeah. And I think like I'm, I'm a different breed of collector. I would rather have a story to go with my card or my set that I hunted down, that I went to 20 stores to try to get it all, then to have a card worth $100. Like, I'd rather do all this work and it'd be worth 5 bucks because everything that I would associate with it. Well, speaking of stories, let me tell you a story real quick. And it, it, it's, it, it, it fit, ties right into all of what we're talking about. In 1992... ProSet made a set of cards for Rudy Farms. It was a 20-card set, and they distributed the, the cards in their you know, bis- sausage and biscuit boxes and things like that, and they were cello-wrapped, you know, and you got like one card in every box. And uh, there was it was a 20-card set, but you could only get 15 of the cards, which were just the regular drivers at the time, in the boxes, and then you had to send away for the five there, there were five legends cards and you had to you had to send off to get those through a, through a mail-in offer you know with proofs of purchase and stuff and in 19 of course i was collecting those and i tried to get some they had an album form and everything and they were really cool cards they were made by pro set so here in town um there's a jimmy dean you know i i guess it's, it was at the time their main office for jimmy dean and uh, Jimmy Dean owns Rudy Farms. So I'm a network guy. I'm in there doing network work. And I go into this closet one day to look at this switch. And I look down and just out of the corner of my eye, I saw something that said ProSet on it. And I look down and there's this case of, of those cards <laughs> in this closet. And, of course, immediately I, I go to the, 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 uh, uh, manager of the the build of the of uh of uh, jimmy dean 
there and i'm asking them i said what can i do to get this box of cards i said i'll i'll do some free work for you whatever so i ended up working out a deal where i did some free work for those guys and they gave me that case of cards and of course it's it's only got the the it's from the 15 cards uh set and i still have that case here at, at the house it's about i don't know maybe two feet you know two feet two feet by a foot it's maybe six inches deep it's full of those packs and I think there's three cards in a pack in those cello packs. But yeah, that was pretty cool to be able to get those. And it just was coincidental that here I am working for these guys. And I look down and there's this whole case of them just sitting there. And I feel like those cases you'll probably never find. No, you're not going to find them. It, which makes those those five Legends cards, you know, rare. I mean, those are tough, tougher cards that you had sent off them. Now, when you were saying that, it made me think of the mom and pops. Oh, yeah, the Earnhardt. I forgot about those. I yeah. think uh, available at the restaurants. And I think there was a, I don't know if it was a mail-in or whatever. I know the one with him with the hog or whatever is supposed to be harder to get than the other ones. Yeah, we that didn't have any mom and pops here. That was another one of those things back in the day, like, you, were, I was really jonesing to get that I couldn't get because we didn't have any of those places around here. So that was, you know, truly original set back in the day so i think we had them around here but i wasn't collecting nascar at that time yeah those are pretty cool because you know they've got they've got dale Earnhardt senior on there so uh you know th those are always going to be collectible I, i'm i'm sure that they don't come in at a huge price right now i don't think so uh, i was gonna change the subject over to a couple of ebay auctions here before we wrap up okay go ahead uh, we actually talked about this the other day, Logan. The 1972 STP uh, Charlie Dolzbach so sold for 250. Yeah, I saw that it, it had one bid and sold for 250. Yep. Uh, 1980 Max uh, SGC 98 of Alan Quickie for 45 dollars. That's not bad. And a 1983 Uno Kyle Petty. Uh, PSA 10. It's him standing next to the card. Uh, $100. $99. Wow. One bid. And then there was a 90, 1983 Uno Bobby Allison. Uh, card number 25. PSA 10. And that was $79.99. I think that was the price and not best offer. It says one bid. Yeah. Okay. You know, and back last week, there was a couple of... Uh... 1988 Max Charlotte cards that sold that were both PSA nines. Uh, one of them was Richard Petty's rookie card or supposed rookie card, uh, number 43. And the other one was the, the number 87 short print Dale Earnhardt with this car. And both of those sold for the same exact price. They were both buy it now as PSA nines for $119 a piece. So that's pretty strong for a PSA nine, uh, 88 Max. You know, but of course those were, you know, Petty and Earnhardt. <laughs> yeah. Something else too, and I'm going to go ahead and mention his name. Back on the fifth, uh, a 2021 Prism 101 Ty Gibbs Black Finite card sold for $700. Best offer accepted. It sold for seven or no, I don't think it sold for $700. It, it sold for best offer accepted. So I don't know if it sold for 700 or less. I'm sure it sold for less than that. 
Oh, and then one other thing, we got contacted by a gentleman. Uh, so I guess there's a bounty out there. Uh, he's looking for 1972 STP Fred Lorenzen next to the car, and he's willing to pay uh, how much, Logan? Uh, at least $4,000 for one. If it's graded, he'll probably pay more. For a PSA 7 or better? Yeah, so there is actually a bounty out. That's that's pretty pretty amazing, but you got to think that PSA has only ever graded one of those cards, or is it one or two? It, it, anyway, the population is very very small. Yeah, I think it's two. I think one was mis- was labeled wrong, and the other one was labeled right. So, but that's uh you know pretty strong again. Uh, the <laughs> that goes to show you how tough some of these things are. So, indeed, um, another eBay auction that I saw. Uh, was a Lewis Hamilton PSA eight top trumps 2009. It sold for uh, $899.99. <laughs> that's that's amazing. There's some cards out there, some raw ones out there on uh, Com C right now. Wow. So, you know, it's that that card. People have started started to take notice of that card. And also, I saw a back. This was actually on the seventh. Uh, a 2021 Prism Haley Deegan Color Blast sold for I think 1,100 bucks. Wow. Yeah, those Color Blasts are commanding some pretty good prices right now. So if you hit one of those, hit one of those, you're 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 doing well. You just paid for your case, or maybe you paid for your case. You're gonna come close anyway. Those cold blasts are tough. Yes, they are. They're very tough. They're, like I said, I think they're at least for every three or four lava flow cards. There's one color blast card. So they're they're extremely super 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 short print. Well, gentlemen, I don't know if you have anything else for. <laughs> I, I I got one more thing. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. This I'm gonna call this the listener mailbag. Um. You know, last week we talked about memorabilia cards and we were talking about things that they could do that they could put on cards. We had a couple of listeners make some suggestions. Uh, Brad Bethune, the Texas card dude, says they ought to do engine block cards. That would be kind of cool. Shave off a, a little metal piece of the engine block and put that on a card. That'd be something. And Colin Hostetter, he is, uh, his handle is CJH200912. He's thinking uh, that uh, helmet cards would be cool, which I agree. I think those could be some super short print memorabilia cards because that would be hard to get some of those pieces on cards. And he's also talking about maybe them doing some race winner jumbo check cards and some race win checkered flags. Instead of giving the, giving the checkered flags to the little kids, let's take those flags and let's cut them up and make memorabilia cards out of them. <laughs> so no, they ha- Go ahead. I was gonna say actually they had the checkered flag in the twenty eleven element. But were they race used? That I don't know. I have to look them up. I don't think they were. Because I know like the uh I think I have one of the Tony Stewart's and it was like numbered to ten. So good, well, Jason. What's yeah. the size of those squares on a checkered flag? It's about one inch by one inch. So that all those people try to make the picture out of all their patch cards every checkered flag card it's either black or white and you just line them up and then you make your own checkered flag with it 
That'd be cool. I, I no. like that idea. Now, one thing I did was, and, and this was early on, was I cut out pieces of uh, white uh, poster board, like two inch by two inch. And so the plan was to take those and put them and mount those on a piece of black construction paper or whatever and make a checkered flag that way. And they would sign in the white. And so I have a few that way until <laughs> I got to like Matt Kenseth and I, I had him like try to sign it or whatever. And he kind of like pushed it back and he was asking what I was going to do with it. So then I told him what I was going to do with it and he signed it. So I was like, uh, you know, want to look thinking of the big picture kind of uh, a project. So, but I've seen people to bring checkered flags and get those, you know, autograph on those white squares like that. Logan showing his. Yeah. Those are big, big squares though. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's are. a really big flag. But yeah. And then um, I was going to say like, just real quick on those. Um, there's part of the white and part of the black is like more white than black piece, but like I said, I don't have the one. So yeah, that's all I had from the listener mailbag. So just, just want to give some shout outs to those guys. Yeah, definitely shout out to those guys for uh, doing that. When I heard the check one, I'm like, Oh, that's genius. Um, to have like, you know, I don't know if they do that anymore with those big checks. They've been kind of, I don't want to say secret, whatever, but, NASCAR used to, and now the racing card reference used to publish, uh, NASCAR would publish on, and I guess it was a PDF after the race on every position and how much each position paid, but then they stopped that. I guess it was late 2010s, I think. Or maybe, no, early, maybe mid, mid 2010s. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. I, I kind of missed that because, you know, that was one of the big things back in the day, like, you know, Fred Lorenzen was the very first driver to to break the one hundred thousand dollar in a year mark. You know, back and this is back in the sixties. So one hundred thousand dollars back in the sixties was a lot of money. Oh yeah. So he, he so he set a record for that. You know, and of course, you know, we don't have the Winston Million and all those things like like we used to have, where you could win the million dollar bonuses and things like that. I mean, they do have some of those things in, in the Xfinity series for the, the, that leader bonus or whatever that's called. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I think that's thanks to um, uh, Limonis, Marcus Limonis, I think, because Camping World Truck, I think that, that was his thing. So, but it's not, it's not as pronounced as it used to be, and it's like you say, you don't, you don't see drivers holding up the big checks anymore. No, our million-dollar bill. Yep. Oh, I, that was cool back in the day. Definitely. Well, Jim, I don't know if you have anything else. You can wrap it up. Yeah, I so got, got I got one more thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, ahead, uh, we're going to have a, a big, uh, yeah, I guess, big recap next week here on the conclusion of F1. We'll see uh, what happens there. So, But definitely want to thank our... Uh, seasonal sponsors with uh, Greenway Press and, of course, Duncan's Toy Chest and, of course, Panini America. And so please uh, like and share the podcast, share NASCAR trading cards with your friends. And for me and the guys, we will catch you next week. <laughs>